0: Welcome to Resilient Love Podcast.
1: Join hosts Quentin and Brianna as they discuss tips on love, life, and
0: business. Let's
1: get into this next episode. Hey, everybody. We're back with another episode of Resilient Resilient Love. Love. And so we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Miss Audrey, and she is an international, can I repeat that, international relationship coach and qualified therapist and a published author. So, we welcome you to the podcast and we want to share the floor and allow you to go ahead and give a little bit more about how you got started in your business.
2: Thank you. Thank you Matt, very much, Brianna and Quinton. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. I can, can I disclose? It's actually my first podcast. I might be a little bit nervous Bear with me, but it's, it's good. It's all good. So, um, how did I get where I, where I am today? Um, look, I, I, I knew from very earlier on that I wanted to, you know, work for, you know, run a business. I wanted to help and support people, but I also wanted to do that on my own terms, in a sense. And I didn't really know how to do that. And, um, and so I, you know, I was working, you know, in, you know, many jobs and many in my industries, you know, for other, you know, for other people and, I knew that there was a real creative side to me that, that wanted to, to come out. And so I would channel that in other areas, um, but, but I wasn't actually focused on the, the piece that I could, that I know that I can do well and I know that I can help people with. And that, that has been my, that is something that's always been with me, even since I was a small child. I think in my family, I have always felt that was a bit of a mediator. I can see both sides you know, of the, of the story, so to, so to speak, and try to, to reach a bit of a compromise. And that was something that I've always kind of, I've taken on that role, or I feel like it's kind of been assigned to me, but I've always tried to be that, that person. And it morphed into a, a, a bit of a career, uh, you know, with, with the, the social work training, with the trainers as a, a counsellor and a therapist, and now the relationship coaching. So I knew that at some point, it's a natural progression for me to be able to marry that creative part of me that part of me that also wants to be supportive and helpful and reach more people and share what I have instead of keeping that quite exclusive and being shy about it. It's like, I'm not doing myself and I'm not doing the community or you know, the world a service by keeping what I have small and to myself and only to a handful of individuals or, or certain people at a, at a time. So, so I knew, So, and that, and that voice was shouting even louder and louder and until I actually uh, took a, a step out. In fact, I'll tell you the story what made me actually made that, that leap. I was actually working for health at the time. And um, that's right. And so my children were in school and I really wanted to see, I think the, 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 the oldest one was in the last year of primary school and I really wanted to see the play. I really wanted the end of term play and things like that. So I wanted to leave, that's right, it's come back to me. I wanted to leave work about 10, 15 minutes early. Literally, it was like 10, 15 minutes early to get to the school play. And I remember sitting, so I was called to the office and I sat in the office and there was this young man who was the manager at the time. And the reason why I say he was young, I'm sure I was. he's half my age, I'm sure. But anyway, it was a young man. And there I was, big old woman. I was saying to myself, sit in there, asking this young bloke for 10 minutes to go and see my kids. And there we were negotiating this 10 minutes, whether I was going to dock my pay or whether I had to make it up, all this sort of thing. And I sat there and I had a massive epiphany and I thought, what are you doing, Audrey? What is that is This is how it's, it, has it come to this? Has it come to, you're sitting there negotiating 10 minutes to see your kids. And so that day I went home, I spoke to my husband, literally it was like that. And I said, cannot do this anymore. And next day I wrote my resignation and handed it in. I had no job to go to, we were renovating our house, but I knew my whole fiber of being that I, that was it. Enough was enough, it was time to go. And when, once I did that, I cannot tell you the relief. Yes, of course I was, it was, it was, I was nervous. I wasn't nervous when I was handing it in, I had a clear conviction, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Um, but after, you know, after you've done it, you sort of wake up the next day and think, did I just do that? Did <laughs> I really just do that? <laughs> Did I, did I actually do that 24 hours earlier? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, then, I, then I had that, that moment, but that moment passed because I knew then that that forced me to do the thing that I know that I was created to do. So that, that was the, uh, uh, that's what happened. That was what happened that led me to think, right, this is no more, no more begging for time off, no more trying to leave a bit early, no more trying to fight for annual leave, just no more. I kind of reached that limit And that's when I realized I need to step out. I need to step out and do me in my business. So that's the story behind that.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow.
2: That's good. I mean,
1: just off the intro, everybody, when you have that feeling that there's a bigger purpose on the inside of you, don't let the corporate hustle stop your God-given purpose.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: we get caught up.
0: Right. And I like the fact that you didn't give yourself time to think about it as much like you just it's time to go.
2: Next day, next day, it was time to go. And I thanked him And in my resignation. I thanked him. I said, thank you for that, because you kind of really showed me that there was a bigger there's a bigger pathway for me. So I actually I thanked everybody that gave me all that headache and pressure. I said, I really thanked them. Jenny Williams said if it wasn't for that, wasn't for you guys. What happened there, I probably still would be in that situation today. Mm. So I thank you for for paving that way for me in that way.
1: Thank you to all the pressure pushers.
2: <laughs> I like that. The pressure pushers, they're there for reason. There That's for a reason. good
0: lesson. <laughs> um, so I'll jump right into our second question. Um, our podcast is centered on love and life. How about your love life? can you share a piece of the story with us
2: yeah love and life yeah love life so i i met my husband in the early 90s so you can start to look at the time frame and we <laughs> we, we we um celebrated our 30 year anniversary um a couple of weeks ago september the 9th that's right and we can't Congrats. believe it's been, yeah we can't believe it's been 30 years so i I met him when I was kind of like a bit of a new grad, I, you know, when I came out of uni, just doing my social work training, my course and everything. And that was one of my first kind of main jobs working with a big local authority in London. And I was drafted on, there was a part of the course, part of the, the, you meant to do like your mental health training. And what that actually means is that you're qualified to be able to do mental health assessments to kind of, let's say, commit people to hospital. It's quite intense and it's quite, you know, you have to do that part of the training, but you had to be a fairly, you know, older, more experienced professional to get on that course. And I was a new grad, so I wasn't really meant to be on that course. But because I was kind of like a super social worker, I got all my work done, I was showing some, uh, you know, potential, et cetera. They had a gap, they had a gap on that programme. And so they put it out there, who'd like to do that, who'd like to fill that gap. And I put my hand up and said, well, you haven't been here that long. But they came back and said, no, Audrey, we can see what, what you're doing. We're going to let you take that space. Because it's really reserved for much more experienced seasoned." social workers mm-hmm. so on that course that's where I actually met my husband on that course and I said to myself if I hadn't gone on there maybe we would never have met so we both worked yeah. in the same local authority in different departments and you know I must admit it wasn't like love at first sight I wasn't like you know falling all over him he said like well I had eyes on you but I was like oh, okay and um we we just so it was like an intensive uh, I think it was a four months program so we were there every day in the in the classroom or rather in the classroom. We were there every day learning the tools and the tricks of the trade, etc. And doing group work and doing lots of stuff together. And what I noticed about him, he was very funny, and he was very witty, and he'd come up with these while we were talking about really serious, intensive stuff about clients' rights and the you know the police's rights and all that sort of thing. He would come up with some wisecrack crack or some silly joke or something and completely have everybody laughing and thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's nuts or something. And what I also like noticed about him was that he didn't he wasn't somebody who ran with the pack, who ran with the crowd. He, he seemed to be quite happy to do his own thing, go off and go for a walk, go and have lunch on his own if he feels like he doesn't want to be part of the group. I just noticed that he was just, he was just a little bit different doing his own thing and comfortable. He was comfortable in that. I didn't get a sense that, you know, he was anxious or nervous. I just wanted to be in a joint. He was very comfortable in his own skin. Anyway, we just kind of, um, we just became friends. I'd moved into my own, my own flat. I had a garden. I knew that he was interested in gardening on the side. And he did it as a little bit of his side hustle. And so uh, I, uh, you know, I asked him to come and do my, my guard, garden for me, because you know, he did landscaping and that sort of thing. And then as a, as a result of that, he said to me, he was going away on holiday. Can I look after his plants? Well, as a mom would say, how come this man's plants is still at your house and he come back from holiday? Why can't he come and get his plants? <laughs> you know, my mum's from Jamaica. Caribbean. Anyway, and um, I noticed that he'd make lots of excuses not to pick up the plants after he's come back from his holiday. And then he said to me, he if he picked up the plants, it would mean that he wouldn't have access to me and he wouldn't have contact with me. It might end. It. So he left the plants there as long as possible so he can keep talking to me, keep coming round and all that sort of thing without taking the plants. Oh. So the plants sort of stayed and he stayed in a sense. So, so that's how we kind of met. And um, he's a very, he's a lovely human being. I feel very blessed. He's very kind. He's very gentle. He's very patient. He needs that with me. He's very patient with me. <laughs> he's just a lovely soul. He's a lovely, he's a lovely soul, a very kind and gentle, lovely soul. You know, irritates everything out of me like I do him. But but the core of his, his being as a human is is, is beautiful and so and here we are you know we've had, hu- we had huge challenges because we've lived in a few countries and therefore we had to rely exclusively on us you know as a you know as a as a couple as a family none of our usual supports around us and we were able to do that we were able to pull it off and still remain um in our relationship so pick up my old man love him oh so, you um am i still kind to the core
0: Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I had to do my own quick assessment.
0: <laughs> Sometimes too kind.
2: Oh you can never be too kind. You could you can never be too kind. It's how your good lady here responds to that.
1: See, and that's cute. He has he's a sweet soul. <laughs> and he had a say, honestly, I was like, Lord, she described my husband too. I said, look at that. (laughs) So that's so powerful. That is so powerful. Like just the fact that you have such a foundation in your own marriage that it sparked that international relationship coaching it sparked you to say i want to impart in others and so that's why we want to get into what inspired you to go and i kind of felt that when you shared about your relationship the inspiration but what are the founding principles around your coaching what's the name of the coaching? let's get into that
2: okay so so the, the so but the founding principles of my of, of my relation of my relationship coaching And the program that I, you know, that I, my program is called the Relationship Transform Program. So I'm a firm believer of uncomplicating things because life in itself is complicated. Relationships are complicated. And so I'm always looking for a simple solution or to help people understand simple concepts and theories so they can go away and implement it. So I'm not talking lots of jargon and lots of industry speak. So people can say, yeah, you know, I think I can do this. I can do this. So the principles, therefore, I can sit here and say I have so many founding principles and it's all founded in theory and research. I have two. Okay. The two principles are humanity and community. Mm. And, I, and that's all. It's founded on humanity and community. And, and the reason why I say that, because I, I know that in all of the years that I've done this work, when people come and see me in my private practice, etc., or work with me, a lot of the times, I would say 90% of the time, it's a relationship thing or issue. Whether it's a relationship with somebody at work, whether it's your own personal, intimate, or significant relationship, whether it's a family relationship, whether it's friends, neighbour, community, somebody in your church, or wherever that looks like. It's, there's always a relationship thing behind that. That's driving that anxiety. That's driving that distress. That's driving how somebody's showing up, not necessarily happy. You could be putting on your big corporate face or have a wonderful job and doing really well. You come home, you're unhappy, you're miserable because you're not happy with your significant other. Something's not quite right. Mm -hmm. So your core important relationship is not right. Something's not good there. And if your core important relationship is not functioning well, it's not supportive, you know, you're not thriving and flourishing in that. It has the potential to affect every aspect of your life. So if you think about as a human being who you touch in your lives, you've got friends, you've got your own community, you've got people at work. And so if you're not showing up, if you feel that you're not being honoured in your relationship or you're not being shown up in your re- not showing up in your relationship the way you want that to look, it's going to have a knock-on effect on how you communicate with your family members. It's going to have a knock-on effect on how you communicate with your friends, even at work. You can show up at work as I said with a smiley face, someone does something, you get completely irritated and cross and you think, where did that come from? You have no time for them because at home you're irritated and cross because at home it's not, going, it's not working for you she's kind of that seeps that seeps out somewhere so if you imagine all of us in the world walk walk walking around in difficult relationships what do you think the impact's going to be the domino effect's going to be so yeah. everybody you meet and touch they're gonna you're gonna show up in a way that's not yourself you're gonna be upset you're gonna be short-tempered you're gonna be irritated you're just not gonna be you you're gonna be pretending all the time yes because the relationship that matters to you how, how that makes sense mm. is not it's not well what I realize—does
1: that make sense? Is that making sense? Oh yeah, oh yeah. it's is I'm just taking it in. I'm I'm in
2: class. Okay. <laughs> Not me to make in class. Just you know, once I get started.
0: I like the talk. simplicity <laughs> of it.
2: Simple, simple. So when you know, simple. So when you know, you know yourself that when you're feeling loved and supported and all of those things, all of those things, you walk out your front door with a bit of a smile, a hop and a skip. You touch the next person. You might want to smile to your neighbor. You might feel good when you go to work. You might want to tip the cafe person. You might, you just, it resonates in the, in your community. It resonates as a human. So I realized that, my gosh, just doing this relationship work, that can spread and touch so many people by working with what's wrong, by working with the core of what's not, what's not right, and helping people to see that they have that. They can have an impact once their core relationship is sorted. Can you, can you see how that could, the ripple effect in terms of what that looks like? Human, oh, yeah. As a human being, you're at your best. As a human, if you're, not, if you're at your best as a human, of course, that's going to resonate in the world. Of course, you're going to mm-hmm. show up with your kids and with your family members and people that's important to you. And, so, and that, has, that's a that has a knock-on effect. So, so therefore, I realized that this work is more than just what I'm doing here with people. It's actually bigger than me. If I really um, sit down and think about it and put a perspective on it. It, it has the, the potential to touch many lives you yes. can touch one or two or a couple or an individual in, in a sense so that's my so back. that's my founding principles Commun- humanity and community get the human being to a place where they where they can do good stuff it's going to rip it has a it's going to have a ripple effect in your community your communities so that, mm. that's my principle that.
1: that's good that is
2: I'm already thinking about how
1: people need to go ahead and purchase this course because this is going to not only help them, but the coaching and the inner work. That's the thing. When we get that inner man together, we can deal with the outer man mm-hmm. as in these other folks. <laughs> and I-
2: absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. And I didn't even, that's right. And I didn't even touch on that. And because I have that, therapeutic background, in a sense, I can tell and I know when there is a blockage or when something's not quite right, you know, you can pick that up, you can sense it and you can actually go there. You can actually go to that space without fear and worry that, oh, I'm out of my death, I don't know what I'm doing because I kind of, what's the industry I've worked in, in a sense. So I could see and pick up and detect that inner work, what's going on there and kind of touch that, clear that out so they can actually move forward and do what they need to do in their relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow! Wow! I feel like I just had a session. I know. <laughs> I
0: asked.
1: I asked what the sessions looked like, but I this was one right here, everybody. This was your session. This was the preview. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I just and again that simplicity because most people uh most people run for the safety net of. I'm just not going to deal with it, and I'm gonna move on. Mm-hmm. But for to really to cut all the jargon and cut all the just dive right into two simple steps. That's powerful.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because though that what you learn, that's a life lesson there. So, you, so things that you learn on the on the Transform program, which is around literally managing conflict, where is that coming from? How are you communicating? Do not, not taking that for granted, taking action at the right time. Also looking after you, how are you showing up? How are you taking care of you? If you're not taking care of you, how do you give back? You know, looking at goals, not, not, not goals in a very kind of superficial way or even values in a superficial way, really dig into it because often when, when people are stuck in their relationship and when there is conflict, it is underpinned by a particular value and a particular belief. So often people need to think about well, where does that come from? How have you developed that value and belief? Where did that come from? And that's that. so that's why we dig a little bit back and we say, okay, it's come from your first modelling of relationships, your parents or your caregiver. And yeah. so we unpick, we unpick that. And so once people get that and get, when they realise, oh my gosh, they get that where that's come from, how they form their own beliefs and how their beliefs and values is impacting their relationship in a way that's not necessarily a good way, it's clashing all the time once they get that it's like a big ha moment then they're at the point where they're ready to transform and change that way of thinking because you can Ooh.
1: Mm. that was good that's good i'm i'm like sign up today <laughs> i'm up today come on in, Brianna. Come on in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so excited, yes i'll jump right into the next question um And this is an interesting one that I'm looking forward to hearing the answer. Uh, What is a common myth concerning your profession slash business that you would like to debunk?
2: Oh, it's a good one. Actually, that's a good one because I've never really thought about myth. And yeah, it's interesting. It's a good one. Yeah. hmm, got me on that one. Um, (laughs) Let me think. Okay. Um, I try, I try not to, okay, so I, I look at a, a few, a handful of people, even less than a handful of people who I really love the work that they're doing and the impact that they're doing. I try not to make it my business to go a bit wild on the internet and Google every single body that's doing this work, because I don't sometimes find that's helpful. I think it's overwhelming and it could, and it could be confusing. And it, sometimes it dilutes your own message. which mm. I, don't, I don't want Yes. So, yeah, you don't, you just need to be careful of that. You need to protect your, I was going to say brand, because I didn't ask that's what it's a brand. Yeah, you need to protect yeah. your brand and your knowledge and what you kind of stand for. And so I, I'm very careful of who, you know, who am I looking at and, and the work that they're doing, but, it's, but it certainly isn't a big, broad net. I'm not going through every Dick, and Harry. So therefore, therefore, I haven't thought about what are the myths, in a sense, that are around. But this is, this is what I'm going to say to that. I think that when people are working with a relationship coach or working in this space, that there could be a myth. I could be wrong, but there could be a myth that they think that us as the coach or the, or the expert, so to speak, or the professional, their relationships and marriage is like perfect. Mm-hmm. They don't have no problem. They're, they're perfect. And then and they've got the most perfect marriage and they're like picture, postcard, glamorous couple, the lot. Mm-hmm. That's not true. So that, that, that's possibly a myth. And one of the things is that I, I say and talk about when I talk about my, you know, in my book, et cetera, I, I say that, um, you know, I've done this work because I've come from a place that I see you and I hear you and I know exactly what that looks like. And my husband and I, we fight. Of course we do. And sometimes we don't. We go to bed with an argument, you know. So sometimes so some of the things that we say, you know, try not to, you know, we've been there. We've done that. We are so far from perfect. And I don't want to be perfect. So I don't believe there are perfect human beings. We're not perfect. Human. We, you know, we're built, we're made imperfect. So we're not, so I'm not looking for couples who want perfection, who want Instagram looking relationships. Not, not interested in that. We, we you know, we argue, we get on each other's nerves. We have moments where we're like, oh, I just don't like him today. If we think that she's driving me nuts today. No, we, we have all of that. So I think the myth is, is that, people may think, I could be wrong, but I just, the myth is I think that people are working in this space, relationship codes, their relationships, they've got it together with their relationships, is the best, and no, we have to work at it, Yes, we work at it in the same way that we, when we're working with you, we expect you to work at it, because if we don't work at it, you have to work at it, because you know, we think, in terms of me and my husband, we've been married for a long time, so of course we change, our views and values change as we, as we you know, grow into the into the marriage and the relationship. You know, we've had some challenges. It's how we deal with them, you know, with dignity and respect, what that looks like. We have to work towards that, in a sense. We've had situations where we don't have family to run to and cocoon, and cocoon us. We don't, you know, we've lived in various countries where we haven't had friends. We've had to build that, we've had to rely on us, mm-hmm. each other certain things and sometimes it gets too much it gets overwhelming and sometimes your partner may not deliver for you in that way and vice versa so you have to kind of be be okay with that and acknowledge that your partner is a a human just like you are they're not perfect so you to expect them to be your perfect person because you don't have something else in your life it's a bit of a tall order it's almost a bit unfair in a sense so Mm -hmm. i'm going off topic here let me just give myself back so back to the the myth, I just want to say that just because we are a relationships coach, I'm working in this space, we've had our challenges too. So, mm-hmm. so, that, so the myth is, there could be a myth that says that we're perfect and we know what to do and we know how to resolve every conflict and we know all that. Yes, we know the principles and yes, I do try my hardest to apply it and all of that. And that's made a huge difference to my relationship and to my marriage today and to other relationships, my children, to other relationships when I see how they're showing up in a sense. So. I think that might be a myth that I want to debunk that we're not perfect by any stretch. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I just want to, I think that's what I can say to that. I mean, another relationship coach might say something very different, but that's all I can say is that I think the more authentically we show up, and I know that word is banded about a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody wants to be authentic, be authentic, etc. Just be yourself. People just want to see you be yourself. You know, there's enough glamour and photos, was it? what is it shocked and all sorts of things out there in the world? I mm-hmm. just want to see the real human, with the real pro, with the real issues that understand and could connect to what your issues are and what your problems are. Yes, that's good. That and is
1: no, that's good. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, honestly, that is something that has kind of stirred around in in general. You know, when somebody says, "I'm an expert." They forget that they're still that human, what you say humanity of the expert. You know, we trust our doctor, but there's some humanity, even in medicine, they don't know every trick. That's right. So, and I mean, I look at you as a, a relationship doctor, you know, you're going to prescribe the medicine based on the symptoms but there still has to be some work in internally to make the medicine do what it's supposed to do.
0: So, and it, it made that that point. (laughs) It just made me think about most people want an instant shot where they can just get fixed. But uh, I guess, and you, I'm sure you've seen it where most people are not willing to put in the real work. They think it's a a pill that just cure all and we're going to be okay
2: you're so spot on that that's right that's right exactly and when you tell them you say look you know if you really want that transformation i say to them how long have you been sitting in this pain tell me how long they say years months etc so because what so you're telling me you can't take eight weeks out of your life to kind of fix that up so the Mm. pain is, is no longer there you know and you're absolutely right they want that quick fix because we have we live in a world where we have access to so much so quickly press a button, you Google this, you Google that. And that, and people, yeah, you're right. People, they want they don't want the pain, but they're also weary and they don't want that to, to actually do the work, you know, take action. And mm. actually exactly what you said, actually, you know, take that time and space to actually do the work and fix it up. Yeah, Man. Like 100%. Yeah, mm.
1: this is good. I love it because you give a very holistic approach Getting the whole man and woman together. Because if Brianna's having an issue, I have to get my issue straight and not put it on my spouse. Mm-hmm. Right? Because sometimes we always let us say, well, he's not doing ABC, but it's not that person. It's really you not expressing the necessary things to get to the real solution. So it, that's a good point. That's a very good point
2: that's a very good point you're absolutely right and what I see particularly in couples who've been together for quite a while is that we are mind reading experts we can <laughs> help you to start to mind read what that, what your partner thinks or should be doing and they have no idea because you're not telling them but it's all up there you say why mm-hmm. hasn't he put out the bins or paid the bills or whatever huh? I don't you know what he should he should, do, he should be doing that why is he not doing that but you but sometimes you're meant to just give your partner a prompt and say hey can you just do that for me sweet or something like that, and they are like, yeah, I'll take that 10 bins, no problems, and off they go, so it's so, so <laughs> that assumption, and it's all up there, but I also think you're, you're absolutely right, sometimes I see this a lot, when, you know, couples bring an issue, and it's always the other person that needs to be fixed, and so there's certain questioning, and the way of going into that session, and, um, you know, as a relationship coach, to kind of get a sense of who initiated the the uh the visit who initiated it hey, right you know, right <laughs> who, yeah. who made that call who looked for the therapist what's going on and then you've got a you got a bit of a you got something to work with but it's yeah you've got something to work with so it's always it takes two it always takes two although one person may be the leader in bringing the issue it's it's about the both of you in a sense mm-hmm.
0: yes so for the the famous question that we Ask almost everyone um, <laughs> through all your experiences and challenges you've shared. How has this made you more resilient?
2: Oh, yes, to be key. Gosh. um, yeah. How has it made me more resilient? Um, it's it's interesting that because I never really saw, although I've used that term and talk about it in my work and everything else, and know what that means in terms of resilience and grit and all of that. I never really looked at that. I never really thought of myself as a. It's a bit of odd. It's interesting you said that as a resilient person. I never really sat down. I think Audrey, you didn't. It never really occurred to me. It was always something that I'm helping somebody with, or I'm helping someone to get to that space and be resilient. But I never thought about it, um, you know, for myself how it's how, how has it made me more resilient resilient until I think you know. Being my partner for actually about 32 years, obviously we were married, we were going out for two mm-hmm. years before we got married, but anyway. Um, what was I going to say? Looking back at the our our challenges and our experiences and the makeup of our family and all of that, I suddenly I couldn't believe that. You know, you think did we really do that? Do we actually did have do we have that life? You know, we packed up our both had jobs, we packed up our jobs and thought, let's go and live in South Africa or somewhere, which we did live in Cape Town. But mind you, my daughter's godmother was in Cape Town.
1: Mm-hmm. And we
2: went and lived there for, for six months, not long after apartheid regime collapsed. Oh, wow. And so we went there, and our family makeup, you know, probably would have been illegal once upon a time. And all my family and friends were saying, Why do you want to go there for? and all this sort of stuff. But you know, we picked up ourselves and we went. You know, packed up our lives in London, we went, and then we did it again. We packed, we came back to London. We packed up our lives we lived in France for for all that time you know don't forget we don't speak French so where are we going you know we where we went there you know did some work there lived in lived a rural life there and all of that sort of thing and then you know we you know and then we ended up we ended up obviously you know in Australia and so all of those things that we've done despite the odds you know we're picking up ourselves you know whether we had you know before we had children then when we had our children and we've moved about so that takes, you know, you're you're trying, you know, you're trying to fit into a community, make new friends, set up a home, you know, make a living, all of that sort of thing. So that takes a certain amount of resilience to be able to do that mm-hmm. and not crumble and run back to the UK where I'm from and run back to what I know. We just kept building and building on top of those experiences, and we had huge challenges. You know, we were on, we're not on the same page, all that sort of thing. But we were able to work through that with some level of dignity, and I suddenly realised. Oh, my gosh did we actually do that did we actually did we actually live in South Africa did we go to a township did we do this did we do that and um, that takes a level of resilience I think I think so yeah yeah back to your question how has it made me more resilient it's made me more resilient because I chose I chose stuff I chose my partner I chose to get married against the odds why do you want to marry him is this is that I chose that I can I knew that I'll have he's he's the one for me that will have a a good life and a good partnership. I chose that adventure because I didn't want to be, uh, you know, I could have easily stayed in the suburb of London for the rest of my life, like so many of my peers and my family. I chose not to, I chose not to. I chose action over fear. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, we were in in a situation where we didn't, you know, I said we didn't know anybody, you know, there were potential, we have to have our wits about us and potentially unsafe moments but we chose to make a life there and i think that resilient peace comes from that mindset knowing that it is scary um but i'm a f- firm believer in feeling the fear but but do it anyway and, and there was a book about that that came out in the 90s or 80s 90s, i can't remember what it's called it's called feel the fear but do it anyway and that that has been one of my mantras that i kind of use and live by and another poem which i can't remember it's, I think at the, the whole last bit of that poem says, You know, you are a child of God, you have a right to be here. I can't remember. It's a beautiful saying. Mm-hmm. It would have been great to kind of finish up saying that here and now, but I can't even remember it. There's that piece there, and there's a piece at the end of Nelson Mandela's inaugural speech that he says, Gosh, I'm a bit useless, guess, right now, because I can't remember those two good speeches. It's okay. There, there are some things there that I've carried around with me, even at my workplace, I've kind of put it up on my wall. That when I'm fe- feeling a little bit overwhelmed, things, things are not going right, I look up and I read that. I thought, right, yes, yes. Still on that pathway. So going back to, i a bit. So going back to that resilience bit, I have developed resilience without even realizing it by choosing, um, by choosing action and a life over fear. Despite the unknown, I've kept going. So it is a bit of a mindset shift told myself i can do it we can do it we can overcome it we will do it so action really has helped me cultivate some level of resilience and not being frightened of experiences going to the unknown so i think that i'm hoping that's answered your question
0: oh yes yes for sure i if if you didn't have it already prepared you did very well i I don't
1: It was a great. It was great, great, great. Yeah. Because, like you said, your experiences is what made you more resilient. Like the get, I love how you said you just got up and you packed up and you built on what was previous and not run, running back to what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I and I heard I heard a minister say this week, um, step out of your comfort zone. And so just to hear you say that is another reminder that in order to see better or in order to see growth, you have to step out of the usual.
0: Mm.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And usually comfortable people don't grow as much as an uncomfortable person. They have a different they have a little bit more skin in the game
2: yeah 100 100 and that is why you know my my business is called relationship for growth and and because i certainly believe that you as humans that we 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 need to be growing and evolving we're not made to be static beings like a like a statue that doesn't move and doesn't change we need to grow and evolve on every experience that we have whether it's good or bad or ugly there's a lead, there's a teaching there, there's a lesson there. And if we, and if we open ourselves up to taking that lesson, there's an opportunity for growth. And that is why that's always been along in all of the things that I do. My therapy practice is called partnership for growth. My relationship coaching business is called relationship for growth. That's a really important element. I think as a human. So yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Both of you. Yes. yes. So we're going to switch it up before
1: we close out. I wanted <laughs> to have a little fun. And do a little this or that. So again, everybody, make sure you click the description box to get more information on relationship for growth. Because we all are little seeds that need to birth out for greater. Absolutely. This or that.
2: Thank you. Staying in or going out? Ooh. Ooh. Going out? But I also like staying in. <laughs> is, there, is, there, I, is, there, is there a middle piece? Is there a middle piece, uh, Pet? I think we all
1: fall in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit of out, a little bit of in.
2: That's right. I like that. That's me. Uh, coffee or tea? Um, Neither. Really? Really? Yes, I don't really drink coffee or tea much. Neither. Oh, you just drink water? Hardly. But if you put in the middle hot chocolate, I'm your girl. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. (laughs) I drink, I've been on my coffee kit, but Quentin always gets on me because I love a southern sweet tea. So when you come over here to the USA. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Holding Uh, you to that. Android or iPhone? What team? iPhone. Good. Good Good job. Okay, do you prefer silver or gold? Silver. Oh, Uh, silver. Well,
2: we're
1: silver. We're silver. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, audio book or a typical book, like a traditional book.
2: I'm an old school girl. Typical (laughs) book, a good old solid. (laughs) <laughs> i will never do that. i'm not a kindle person at all yeah uh sunrise or sunset ah oh, that's a hard one because i like them both i say sunset
0: i like sunrise
2: sunset sunset i like them both but i'm gonna say sunset yeah okay i got one more we're well, not
1: two are you considered an introvert or extrovert <laughs> that's
2: really hard that's really hard because sometimes I could be really quiet and, a, and an, an introvert. I really can. There's moments when I can, but there's moments when I'm quite loud and I like to laugh and have fun. And I'm an extrovert. So, so it dep- I'm going to say it depends on the circumstances. Is mm-hmm. it's a party? Yep, I'm in there. If it's a party. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think I'm a
1: wildflower either way. So, but I'm I am an extrovert with hidden introvert
2: qualities uh, <laughs> love yeah yes, love that Love that. i think that sounds like mean.
0: i guess i'm the same yeah i it depends on the setting
1: yeah all right last one are you a facebook person or instagram
2: well, at the moment, I'm on Facebook because of, I because of business and have to be on Facebook. So I've never really done Instagram in the sense, although I've got this Instagram account, which is dormant and doing not very much. So, again, I just have to say Facebook only because I'm on Facebook and using it. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we we're both. We're both.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that,
1: that's a good leeway to go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you and connect.
2: OK. So you can follow me on my facebook page which is relationship for growth um that's where i am I'm, I'm on instagram but i don't really know my instagram handle but anyway relationships for growth you can get hold of me there on the facebook page you can dm me you can leave me a, a, you know a message you know if you're interested in obviously in, the, in my relationship transform program yay i'm sure there'll be a link somewhere that you can actually click into and get some more information so Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you to your community and your audience for listening. And um, I wish you all a lot of love, goodness, and safeness out there in the world. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank,
1: thank you. you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. So
1: everybody, you've heard it here with Miss Audrey. She came to resent Love first. So remember that. But anyway, this has been another great episode. And we want you guys to tune in every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Brianna. And Quentin. Signing out.
0: Signing out. Thank you, To all listeners and subscribers, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.
1: Leave us a five-star review on Apple so that we can continue sharing resilient love. Thanks for listening.